Welcome everybody to the second edition of The Narrative Game. I am joined again, I'm delighted to say, by the tremendous Dr. Ben Hunt. <laughs> ben, you there? Hey, hey Grant, great to be here. It's, uh, man, I'll tell you what, it's, where was it? It was about eight years ago we did that last podcast, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> Feels that way. Feels that Good way. grief. I mean, what was that old Lenin quote about there are days when nothing happens and weeks when decades, decades happen? happen. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it truly is remarkable. And, and the reason I was so keen to get on with you and chat is um, is a piece that you guys put out on Epson Theory that your partner, Rusty Ginn, wrote, um, uh, I guess it was a week or so yeah, ago, yeah. Uh, called No Accident, which was, which was talking about the narrative around um, the tragic events with George Floyd mm-hmm. in, in Minnesota. And, you know, the, the idea of this podcast was that you and I would... would see narratives and and you would help people understand them and not only did rusty do a phenomenal job with that but i just thought it would be such a, a powerful thing to talk about because it, it's we're in the middle of it still and it doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon so this would give people a great chance to to really understand it from the perspective of of how you guys look at it which i just think would be so useful for people well thanks grant uh, you know as we we formed our company two years ago because we wanted to get out of the asset management business, you know, out from the belly of the beast, so that we could apply our research to more than looking at narratives and markets, right? Because if you've you've been, much less a, forget being a professional investor, if you've been involved in markets at all for the last decade, you're, you're, you're so well aware of how so much of what happens in the pricing of securities is driven by story, by narrative. And, I mean, look, that's what a multiple is, right? You know, you know, a multiple so is true. the story uh, around uh, cash flow or earnings. And what we think we've developed is this, we call it the narrative machine. It's a methodology for both visualizing but really measuring the structure of narratives. And what the reason why we wanted to, to be an independent company is because we realized, look, this, this sort of analysis is very important for investing and for what's going on in markets for sure. But it's a lot bigger than that, right? It's so important for understanding what drives the political events in our world, what drives the social events in our world. And, you know, the the, the, the media both reaction and then channeling of the, the, the anguish and the protest around the murder of George, George Floyd is just a great example, I think, of, of, of how using this technology to visualize and measure the media narratives that we're exposed to, it really does open your eyes, right? I mean, it really does show you the way you are being channeled and, and moved yeah. into certain directions that, that can make you end up in a place that's very different from, A, where you started, but B, where you want to be, Yeah. right? Because you're, you're being channeled in directions that end up in a very stable place, a place that's very advantageous for either the, that media as an industry, for politics as an industry, but it's not where you as a citizen or as just as a human being where you want to be. 
And, and, and that's what we were trying to, to describe in this, this note, is applying the same technology that we've been applying to markets, but applying it to politics, applying it to our, our, our lives as citizens, uh, as much as our lives as investors. Well, you know, it's, it's fascinating. And we spoke about this in, in the first episode of the show, mm-hmm. when we talked about you know, how people can avoid being played by the narrative. And, and this, you know, what I've, what I've found tremendously powerful as I was reading this and, and what you just said there is that, you know, we're at a point in time where everybody holds strong convictions strongly about everything. Yeah. We, we're kind of pre-polarized to everything, if you like. And, and, and everybody believes that, well, no one's going to move me. I, I, know, I know exactly what I think and I know what I feel. Right. And right. I'm, not, I'm not taking the other side. I'm where I am. And that's why when I read this, it was, it was so incredibly insightful in terms of how this whole thing works and how people are getting moved gently around the chessboard. Uh, and all the time, you know, the beauty of the con is that they are absolutely convinced that that's precisely what isn't happening, right. you know, which is right. which is beautiful. It's, all, it's always the it's other like, guy. It's, it's the yeah, other. Right? It's, it's the other guy or other gal that's being, you know, that's yeah. a, a tool or a, a stooge of, of some message. And, always. And and, I, I, yeah. and and you know the way the way you guys wrote this about you know saying that you, the fact you'd struggled to write something yeah. about the murder of George Floyd was was so I, I empathize with that because you think well what can I add I mean it's. It's a heinous event, and and then but then you watch this thing snowball out of control, mm-hmm. you know. And if you'd have told me the day this happened that six weeks later they'd be spraying racist on a statue of Winston Churchill in London, right? I, I mean, I I'm not capable of connecting those dots, but they're clearly now they've happened. You can trace them, and it's not much of a, a line at all. So so perhaps you you can kind of. Let's go back to the beginning, and, and perhaps you can walk people through how this has unfolded in, in narrative terms, because it, it's it's fascinating to me. Sure, and, and what we mean by narrative terms is we we I mean I mean really anyone can do this with the the, the technology that's so easily available today, but we take as a, call it big data all of the English language news articles that are that are published on a you know, over a certain period of time, right? And uh, then you can do a search or a query on those articles to identify the ones that, in this case, are about, have anything to do with George Floyd, with the protests, or, 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 or the like. But then it's, it's what you can do with those articles. Once you've, once you've searched for them, once you've collected them, then, and this is just an issue of, of just raw computing processing power, you can compare all the words and all the articles to all the words and all the other articles, right? And it, it, it is an enormously large number of comparisons you're making. I mean, if you've only got a thousand articles with a thousand words in them, to compare all the words to each other, that's half a trillion calculations, yeah, yeah. right? Which is, you know, just an, it, it is a truly unfathomable number for a human brain. But, you know, to dial into, to, to, Amazon, AWS, or you know Microsoft Azure, it's it's trivial to do that in a, in a in a matter of a few seconds, and so once you can tap into that processing power to in a sense read all the articles that are published uh, in the world, or at least in our case in the English language, uh, on, on on a certain topic, 
then what you can do with that is you can see what are the connections, what are the patterns in the use of words and language. And so when you make that sort of, of analysis on the, the English language news publications around Floyd's uh, murder and the, the immediate reaction to that, what, what you find is that in the really in the, the first the, the first day, really the first couple of days after uh, the event, the what we call attention, and this is a structural measure, you can you can you can measure the uh, the centrality and the of the language, uh, the, the the language that was just talking about facts and circumstances was absolutely at the top of the of yeah. the narrative pile, right? Immediately below that was police brutality. <clears throat> Immediately below that was protest. At the very bottom, there was essentially no mention of Antifa or left-wing extremism. Right, right. There was no mention of you know white supremacy or nationalism. Those topics, if you will, right? That was not in. The, the the media there was no narrative around that the narrative yeah. was purely around facts and circumstances of the case what does it say about police brutality but what you did see is is that uh, uh, almost immediately almost immediately you know within two days after uh, that you see the 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 words and the grammatical structures uh, changing dramatically. And there are two ways to think about the change. The first is what we call cohesion. Cohesion is exactly you know, what you think the word means. How scattered are the different, I'll call it subtopics within a within a given you know narrative topic? If if so, if the if the conversation is about uh, George Floyd, his death, and the reaction to it, the the subtopics that I'm talking about are things like facts and circumstances, police brutality. Protest, riots, Antifa, etc. What you see, and this is pretty typical, the cohesion of these different subtopics was very low, meaning that the, the media publications were kind of all over the map, right, in what they would be talking about. But even though being all over the map, the real attention, the real centrality of each of these little clusters and topics was about facts and circumstances and police brutality. Within two days, you start to see a shift. The first shift is in a coalescing of the, of the narrative of the argument. The cohesion increases dramatically, meaning, you know, we're not talking about in media articles, lots of different arguments, it's starting to coalesce around a couple yeah. of arguments, right? And so what you see just within two days of, the, of, the, of, his, of, his, of Floyd's death, facts and circumstances start dropping on the chart, if you, if you want to call it, right? <laughs> of course they right? do. Right. And, and yeah. at the top of the chart then, there's one around the, uh, anything around uh, you know, white supremacy, around nationalism, and then riots and protest. Those uh, police brutality drops way to the bottom, right? Uh, facts and circumstances drops to the bottom. That, that's what we call kind of phase two. We, mm -hmm. we call it enter the missionaries. So uh, a missionary in, in game theory terms, this is the, the, the person behind the, uh, 
behind the podium, uh, behind the microphone, in front of the camera, the person who shakes his or her finger at you and tells you how to think about the events that have occurred. And so this is, again, there's a, there's a, there's a pattern to this. The first, uh, call it, stage is just the facts, facts and circumstances. Second phase is enter the missionaries, the talking heads, the politicians who tell you now, how do we think about these events? You know, Mr. and Mrs., you know, public citizen consumer of this right uh, and 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 this is where the the cohesion starts to occur in the in the narrative well by 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 four days in what we've moved to now is a really a two separate narratives a war of narratives if you will right where at the top of the charts in terms of attention we have a cohesion that's very high it's now split into two sets of arguments one is focusing on uh, uh, the riots, and that's the word that's used, riots, right? The other is the, you know, call it uh, police brutality, um, you know, white supremacy, racism, right? Facts yeah. and circumstances are now at the absolute bottom. So it, it's, it stopped being about George Floyd at all, and now we've been channeled into a... You know, one of two narrative camps, which is that, uh, oh my God, you know, the Republic is being threatened by these riots, and so we need to call out the military, or, oh my God, uh, we've got, you know, white supremacists, you know, running every police force in the country, and, you know, it's, 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 it's the end of the Republic in that respect, right? And, and what, it, what I mean by this is this, this being... Um, leaving channeling oneself, right, or, or, or channeling us, is that you may have, and, and, I, and I think most thinking human beings can simultaneously have two ideas in their head at the same time, right? <laughs> you would right? hope, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's possible to think that, yes, there is systemic racism uh, in many institutions in the United States and around the world, frankly, including police departments. It, it, is, it is okay to think, yes, uh, this, this was murder, right? This, this was not, you know, an accident, right? This, this, this was a murder. And it, and it goes beyond just a few bad apples, quote-unquote. Right. It's also possible to think that the, uh, the, the, the riots, right, and they're, they're do we even use that word riot? Let's call it the destruction of life and property by quote unquote protesters that, you know, what were they protesting again? Right? Or 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 what or was this a you know a just a an outright, you know, criminal activity that 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 does both deserve and must be required to be to to be stopped. It's possible to have all of those ideas in your head at the same time until you get channeled into one of these two camps. Well, that's it. I mean, because the, the more ideas you have, I guess the more you're looking for one that, that can drown the others out. So you're just so susceptible to this stuff. It's, it's, it's almost worse to have competing ideas in your head, right? Well, it's crazy, right? Because yeah. I, I find that, that most 
thinking, feeling human beings, they do have conflicting views in, the, in, the, in their heads. And, and, and what's so striking to me is the way that all media, all, I think it goes back to the, to the way our political system is set up with having these two parties. You know, it's, 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 it's really set up to channel you into a, uh, you know, one camp or the other. There, there are no bridges there. And, and I think that's intentional. I, I really do think it's intentional uh, because it, this system of, you know, the codependence, if you will, right, between the Republicans and the Democrats, between Fox and CNN, you, you know, they're all part of a single system that, that profits, and that does, I don't mean just profit in the monetary sense, I mean that, that thrives by encouraging these divisions and, the, and this, this narrative world where there are no bridges between the two worlds. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to put it. You know, it's funny, I, I jotted something down here while you were talking, and I've just written Mr. and Mrs. Public Citizen, question mark, because you, you, right. you mentioned when you were talking, they're talking to Mr. and Mrs. Public Citizen. And I'm, as soon as I heard that, I thought, you know, does that couple exist anymore? Or is it Mr. and Mrs. Democrat and Mr. and Mrs. Republican? Because that's what it seems to be, right? You, you, you're going after your base. You know what? And, and it, you know what, Grant? I think it absolutely does exist, I, and I and I think that's one of the things that the broad daylight protests that we saw just over this past weekend—not just in the United States, but all over the world—I yeah. yeah. I, I think that's what it represents, right? Because it's it's not <laughs> it's not just a political party that's marching here. It's uh, it. It really is people from 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 all walks of life, and and you know, including people who, you know, vote Republican and people who vote Democrat. It, it's it, it's it's the sort of thing that I think is very difficult. There's a challenge for either political party, uh, and their you know their their media mouthpieces, which essentially they've become, I think is a hard thing for them to control. They keep trying to control it, and that's what you see in this media effort, right? They're trying to tell you what you are thinking or what you yeah. mean by your march. Uh, but I don't know that they're, I don't know that they're able to control this. I don't know that they're able to contain this. And I don't mean control in the sense of putting down violence. That's not what I mean. I mean controlling it from a narrative sense. Because I think a lot of the things that people are asking for uh, when they are out on Sunday and in a, you know, enormous masses, it's, it, it doesn't necessarily link directly to, to you know, a Democratic Party platform. Uh, I, I think it, it, it is talking about desires, thoughts that, that, that are not so easily contained in this party or that party. That, that's not to say that, that the parties won't try to co-opt this, right? right. Um, and, and that's what we're saying. I say if you look at the, the, the media, it, it's, there's, a, there's a real effort to try to channel you into, into to one camp versus another. I, I, I like, and maybe it's just the uncharacteristically optimistic side of me, I actually think this is this is bigger than that, and it's going to be very difficult for either party to, uh, again, channel this sort of discontent in a way that doesn't uh, 
you know, go against the incumbents of, 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 of both parties. Now, okay, so that, that's really interesting because, um, you know, if that's the case, if, if the narrative spirals out of control, which one would imagine would be the worst thing that could happen to those who wish to, you know, kind of shepherd people down one of two alleys, does it then run the risk of becoming about the real problem, which you could argue here is probably, I would think, and I may be completely wrong, but I would think this is more about inequality than it is about race in, in terms of the way this has erupted, because it's it's we're at that point where people are just angry, and a lot of them are angry because they're losing their jobs, they've got no money, uh, you know, the, the, the prospects are struggling all the while, they see the headlines about the stock market going up and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it feels to me as though at the root of this is inequality rather than race. Obviously, race is a big component of it, but it, it felt like that was the trigger and not the, the underlying cause, but I'm, I'm happy to be completely disavowed of that notion. Look, I, I think, as with so many things in our social lives, these events are overdetermined, right? right. I, I mean, uh, the answer is yes and, not yes but. <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, are, are the... Are the are the issues you described part of the impetus to go out and and protest in a in a I'll call it kind of an inchoate fashion? Absolutely, absolutely, and and, and that's I think another reason why you see these marches and these protests not just happening in the United States but you know all over Europe as well. Uh, it I do think that there has been a coalescing of I'll call it the demands. There's been a coalescing of the focus uh, on on the police, right? On yeah. on the that there is an an injustice that is felt in a in a concentrated fashion when you're talking about the institution of law enforcement. That that the 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 belief and I think the truth that all too often in this country and every other country, law enforcement is applied. Um, uh, unequally, right? yeah. and 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 with a lack of 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 justice and and a lack of justice in a systemic way, would I argue that there is a lack of justice and an inequity in the way that our capital markets are applied? Absolutely, right. In a way that our tax policy is applied, absolutely, right. And yet, I, I don't think that those issues would kind of be on the, you know top 10 list of, of, of most of the people who were uh, marching uh, over the weekend, even if they are not, uh, you know, certainly contributors to, to, to what's going on. But see, the, the, the reason I think this is very hard for the mainstream political parties to control this, even though they're both making every effort to do so, is that the, 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 Anguish, the anger, it is anger, is very much, and, and I think maybe this is what you're getting at, Grant, against the, the status quo. Correct, right? yeah, absolutely. A, a, an, an inequitable and an unjust status quo where we are told that this is the best of all possible worlds, and, and, and we are told that the economy has never done better. And we are told that, uh, you know, there's no inflation. And we are told that, uh, you know, your 
you know, the, the the other guy is the the guy you need to vote for and you need to elect. We know that those are just lies, right? For 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 so many of us, right? So there is that inchoate, um, I, I think, anger against the status quo. The focus, though, I believe, is 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 rapidly going on the the inequitable, uh, you know, application of law enforcement, and and so where I think that that leads to is. You know, uh, uh, an effort by, again, the, the, the status quo media and political parties, again, to create a narrative that channels you into one camp or the other. So it's, uh, you know, defund the police rather than what I think is the, 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 the real ask here, which is to, you know, demilitarize the police, to deunionize right. the police. But, you know, saying demilitarize and deunionize, well, neither the Republicans nor the Democrats, the status quo are for that, right? <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah. so it's, it, and, and yet, when, when I, you know, my sense of, of, of what the, the ask is of, of, you know the, the the protesters. It's it's these items that that do not fit neatly uh, into you know one camp or the other. I mean, demilitarize. I think that's what a lot of you know the democratic status quo could get behind that. But deunionize? Are you kidding me? You know, mm-hmm. there's not a, a status quo Democrat in the country that can get behind that. On the other hand, you know, deunionize. Sure, the status quo. Republican Party could get behind that, but demilitarize? No, no, no. We can't have that. But it's it, so that this is what I mean by I think that the what I see developing is something that is going to be very difficult uh, for the, the the status quo institutions, uh, political institutions, and and their and their media mouthpieces to 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 try to contain. They're sure going to try. And, and that's what we're showing in this piece, the, the, the clear visual evidence of their effort to try to channel uh, us into to, to, to force us to only hold one set of coherent beliefs, even though I think most of us are, are, are able to, to do a lot better than that. Yeah. Uh, I think that's where we're going. So, so you know, how does this play out? Because I, I, I looked at that that kind of uh, table, the matrix that, yeah. that Rusty included, and, and if and if anyone listening to this hasn't seen this, we'll we'll, I'll, we'll tweet a link to it. But it's called No Accident, and you'll find it on the Epsilon Theory website, epsilontheory.com. And it is, it, it it you need to read it and see it because it, it becomes so much clearer when you see it. But the thing that really I noticed was when you look at the the matrix of phase one, phase two, phase three, um, when we get to this war of narrative was just how quickly facts and circumstances are a casualty, which I guess they need to be, because if you're going to channel a narrative, you don't have the luxury of channeling one if you just rely on facts and circumstances. So I get that. But you look at uh, you know mainstream media and you look at how quickly the, let's call it the liberal agenda, i.e. Mm-hmm. the narrative about white supremacy, leaps to the top, mm-hmm. while the kind of, let's call it the red media, uh, Antifa, left-wing extremism, doesn't really get it out of the gate very fast here at all. It kind of squeaks up a little bit uh, in phase three, but still, you know, it's all about rights, it's all about white supremacy at the top, facts and circumstances at the bottom. This would be a great horse race commentary, which you think. Yes, <laughs> I think yes, exactly. Right, right, right. But, um, you know, so, so I look at that and I look at where we are in the political cycle with an election coming up. And, you know, I really, 
I really do get despondent. I've been pretty despondent this last kind of two weeks about this and, and looking at the way not only America is going, but I've seen it now in, in, in my home country in the UK. We've seen it uh, across Europe. And, 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 I, and I just, I'm curious as to how you think this goes from here. Are there potential stick saves that can be made? Or is this kind of horse race now in motion and trying to stop the horses and, 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 and channel this into a productive place is going to be very, very difficult indeed? Yeah, I, I guess I've, I've been, I've actually gotten more hopeful over the last few days. And I, the, the, what, I, what gives me hope is that I think we are seeing a significant shrinkage and decline in the dead of night looting criminal behavior, just outright criminal yep. behavior. And at the same time, I think we're, we're clearly seeing an increase in, in both the duration, the, the, the depth and the breadth, let's call it, of the broad daylight uh, political marches. And, and I'm, I'm encouraged by that sort of political participation, right? that, that, that sort of voice. I'm, I'm encouraged that while the, as you call it, the red meat media uh, wants to describe this still as uh, violent protesting, uh, still wants to describe this as, uh, you know, efforts of, you know, radical left-wing efforts to, uh, you know, to eliminate police departments and the like. And, you know, the, 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 the rest of the media wants to describe it as, oh, this is, this is, Against Trump, right, and and, and it's it trying to make this as a, um, um, you know, a a a, a national uh, political impetus that is is I think in almost all these cases very local, actually, uh, very local, not not um, um, necessarily national at all. Yeah, I, I see these efforts and and. On, on the side of the media, again, to, to channel it in one of these, as you say, kind of depressing directions. And, and, but I don't get the sense that that's what is, uh, you know, really driving people to, 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 to come out in March. So I, I look, I, I, again, maybe I'm being too optimistic here, but, I, but I, I see this, the marching, not as a Democrat thing, not as a left versus right thing, but as a... Uh, pissed off people uh, who are angry in something of an inchoate fashion, but mm -hmm. focused on uh, a, a police system, a, a system of policing that that I think can be uh, not just improved, but 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 revamped in a way so that it is more equitably applied. I. Gosh, I, I, I think of this as a good thing. I, I think it can be, certainly be derailed as the, the media efforts will continue to, to, to try to make it so, as you know, incumbent politicians will con intentionally try to uh, co-opt. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful, though, that it creates a momentum for change that is outside of a, a corrupt two-party system and, the, and the, the crony capitalism that goes along with it.
Well, I mean, I guess that brings me to to another question, which is for people listening to this, how, again, back to the kind of question that we had in the last episode, how do we insulate ourselves? Because, you know, I'm, I'm so happy to hear you talk about being optimistic about this because I, I saw one particular video clip that I think was taken out of a window in New York mm -hmm. of that looked like Gotham City. I mean, it was it was... It was shocking. I mean, truly shocking to me. It looked like it was in Soho based on the streets, but I, I don't know for sure. But it was it was chaos. I mean, it was it was people looting and then having the stuff they'd stolen stolen by other looters. And, and it, I, mean, it was, I, I just I couldn't believe it. Um, but for, for us listening to this and, and trying to understand it, how do we defend ourselves and how do we channel this the way you talk about it and make sure that the focus stays in the right place? And how do we avoid being pulled off the straight and narrow and into the little alleyways where all the despair hides? I don't have a great answer for you, Grant. I, I think the, the, the most important thing is to, you know, you know, as they talk about all sorts of these, you know, self-help programs, right, to, is, to, is to recognize that we have a problem, right, to recognize that we are hardwired to respond in very specific ways to the, 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 the images and the the, the the political entrepreneurs and the the media entrepreneurs who want to you know present us with certain constraining narratives um, <laughs> I do think though that that and and, and look we we all think we are immune to this, right? I know I think... Well, that's the danger, yeah. yeah right, exactly. that's the danger. So, I, you know, it doesn't affect me, right? It affects the other guy, but it doesn't really affect <laughs> me. And, and I, I'm a... I, look, I, I have to catch myself all the time, and, and sometimes I don't catch myself in time, right? I'll Somebody will post some picture, right, on, on, on Twitter, and I'll retweet it and say, oh, my God, ain't this awful? And then, you know, you look back and say, well, you know, there's 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 a... There's a context. There's a there's there's a there's a motivation behind the picture and the and the and the way it was taken. That you know, so this was intentionally chosen to elicit exactly this sort of response from me. Yeah, and I I really do think that that simply recognizing and and constantly reminding ourselves that. You know, we are hardwired to respond to this, and others are trying to play us. Is 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 really the 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 first and best line of defense here? It. I'll give you another. Thing. I mean, this is maybe sounds a little bit weird, but I think unless unless somebody unless you realize that there are homeless people everywhere, you don't really see them, right? But but once you once you recognize that homelessness is an enormous issue in this country and frankly most countries, particularly in the United States, once you realize that, you will see homeless people everywhere. Yeah. Even though you didn't see them before, your, your, your eye somehow glided over them in the past until you made this conscious effort to say, huh, I wonder if there are homeless people. And then you look around yeah. and say, oh, there's a homeless person. Oh, there's one over there. It's it's amazing to me how our mind's eye is trained in so many ways just to glide over things. And and you know, this is no exception. I, I think it's so easy for our mind's eye to glide over um pictures, images, um opinions, statements that don't fit 
with whatever path has been greased for us, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. People talk about an echo chamber and, you know, you're only getting one set of images and the like. This is all very true. <laughs> this is all very true. And on, on, on both the left and the right, and it's, it, it really is, I, I think, geared because there are only two political parties, right? And, and this is, so, so you are geared into a system where you're, you know, on, on either the, 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 the red or the blue side, on everything, on everything. So it, it, I wish I had a better answer, but the best answer I've got is to, to, to remember that, that each of us is so prone to an overreaction and a, you know, in a hardwired response to what we're, we've, we're seeing. Yeah. And if we really make the effort, the extra effort, to see another side or another opinion or another set of images, I think that's the, almost the best we can do right now until we make some structural changes. And, and so that's, it's those structural changes that uh, I think you know, will take some time, but, but that a lot of our media systems' insistence on channeling us into one or the other can be... Can can be redressed. Yeah, I, you know, I think it was it was Rusty's piece was so powerful when he talked about, and you've touched on it here that the fact that, um, you know, I think he said that the, the the divisions that make us all unhappy are, are politically desirable on, on both sides. Exactly. So 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 we're you know we're we're fighting this this juggernaut that is really we're we're so outgunned and outmanned here. Um, in terms of the ability to to shape us and bend that narrative, so w- when you when people think about trying to see that other side and trying to look at other pictures, you know, where should they go? Is it talking to 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 friends? Is it because because it it seems impossible almost to go to the media and look for the other side because everything that you read that is not your opinion is is constructed to make you angry. It seems, and so it's very hard to kind of take in the other side when you have a visceral reaction to it. It's hard to be level-headed and say, well, you know, I see what they're trying to do here. They're trying to upset me, but I'm not going to get upset. I'm going right, to strip right, the facts. Right, right, right. So, so how, how do people, is, is it community? Is it, is it talking and engaging with, with family and friends and people you can trust to, to not judge you if you want to take a side and argue it out? How do we do it? Honestly, Grant, that's, that's why Rusty and I, you know, started epsilon theory is, is right. to try to create a community that's not a geographically bound community, but it's a community of, we call them truth seekers, right? It's, a, it's our pack. And it, 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 trying to find, hey, I'll use this, this word from... from I, 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 this sounds like such a setup. I, I just yeah, want really to say, was. I, was this was, was not a setup, but hey, great, listen, you're taking yeah. it beautifully. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it has... We, what we're trying to create is a safe space. And, and I know that word is for snowflakes everywhere and, and, and the yeah, you like. You triggered me already. Right, it triggers you already. But what we mean by a safe place is a place where, look, Rusty and I have very different kind of political philosophies, right? He's, he's way more to the right than I am, or I'm way more to the left than he is. But, you know, when, when, when Rusty says something that I really disagree with, I don't think he's a bad person. <laughs> right, right, right. But that's it, a lost art. It, it is such a lost art. And 
And, and look, I get it. You, you can't have that sort of conversation. You can't have that level of trust in public anymore. You just can't. You just, you, 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 you just can't. Um, and so there, there has to be an area of, of self-selected, um, uh, you know, safe place for discourse where we can disagree without thinking that the other person is, um, is bad or evil or a racist, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, it's, it's really hard uh, because to, to, to be effective on a larger stage, you need the sort of numbers in a mass society that don't lend themselves to this sort of safe place where you can assume a level of trust that the other person isn't there to get you, that the other person isn't acting in bad faith. Uh, but that's, that's the only thing that fixes that is to, to, to start with these communities of good faith where the assumption is, look, I, I can disagree with you, but I'm arguing from a position of good faith. And build on that from the bottom up. You can't do this from the top down. Right, just to your point, you can't you can't go to a you know a uh, a media outlet, right? You can't go to a political party. You can't go to a corporation and say, "Oh, I trust you," because that trust is misplaced. It is absolutely misplaced, uh, and yet we're hardwired to want to give that trust. And so that's again why it's so important to to, to foster and develop. These areas where that, that trust is not misplaced, but the trust can actually be reciprocated. It's so hard today, but, but, it, but I think just because it's hard, you know, doesn't mean it's not possible. And no. because it's hard, it's all the more reason why we have to try. No, it's so true. You know, it's funny. When I was reading that um, piece of Rusty's, uh, my mind went back. You and I were speaking at the same event in San Antonio, maybe. Mm -hmm. Five years ago, I remember maybe six years yep. ago. Well, and I remember you talking about no, 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 no. It was four years ago because you know what oh, happened. Right. That it was, night. I know. I, that's right. It was the night before the election. It right? was the night of the election. Night of the election. That's right. Yep. That's exactly right. It yep. was. That's exactly right. It was just four years ago. Yep. Um, but I remember we we talked about this. We talked about um, what you were going to be going to do with with the language and the NLP and 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 building this this incredible machine that would be able to weave And I remember at the time being fascinated by it. And and it, it wasn't that you didn't explain it well. It was that I couldn't grasp the, the complexity of it at the time. And I came away thinking, wow, that sounds like it's either totally impossible right. or, or science fiction stuff. And and just reading that note of Rusty's and, and just looking at it, it, it really brought home to me that that you've done it i mean it's it's extraordinary and i mean just kudos to the two of you for thank you for pulling that off because it really did seem like fahrenheit 451 stuff that night i remember it vividly it's come a long way grant it it, it really has and the the i'd love to take more credit for this uh, but the but the truth is is that over the last four years these developments in uh, big data and what I like to call big compute, right? The ability to plug into the wall and get Amazon to put a million microprocessors on a problem, you know, that really changes the world. Mm. And 
that power of big data and big compute, Grant is used against us all the time. <laughs> of course, yeah, right. Right. I, I mean, this is what this is what drives the uh, the media and the social media platforms that have created these echo chambers and these uh, mechanisms by which you can be inundated with uh, uh, a narrative that, again, greases a path to make you either, you know, MAGA or Antifa, right? I mean, right, you're, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, but I think it does require using that those same powerful technologies to reveal, right? To to to, to pull the curtain back from the, the 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 great and powerful Wizard of Oz, and say, no, these are just you know politicians and you know and business people doing what they've always done. Right. Yeah. You know, That's the sad thing. Yeah, exactly. Doing what they've always done is moving into one direction or another so that you either spend your money or you spend your vote in a way that advantages them. Right. Yeah. And, and, and pulling back that curtain and using the same technological tools that they're using against us, but to use it to reveal them. That's what we're trying to do. And, 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 and along the way, you know, whenever you start to see this stuff, when, whenever you say, aha, well, now I see the, the reveal, right? As they, they talk about on, you know, uh, reality shows, the big reveal. Well, that brings people together. And in, in, in a community of trust, it's not geographically based, but is, but is, but is global, that's worldwide. And... I, I know it seems trite or, or kind of silly to say this, but I really think this is how the world changes. I really think this is how the world changes. Well, I mean, that, the great philosopher, um, Spider-Man's Uncle Ben, said <laughs> famously, with great power comes great responsibility. And you, know, you, you look at how much more power there is now in the world, even if it's computing power. And you know, it, it's great to see you and Rusty actually taking up that mantle and, and trying to be more responsible with it, even if... The forces arrayed against you are, are pretty powerful. So, uh, look, thank you to both of you for doing what you're doing. And, and I know a lot of people out there um, appreciate the work you do. I certainly do, which is why I'm, I'm so happy that we can do these podcasts every now and again. And I, I mean, the, the stupid thing is I already know what I want to talk to you about next time. I'm going to have to hold my <laughs> breath on that because I can see another narrative starting to unfold that is, that is again, going to be powerful. So, But we'll get to that next time. Ben, what can I say? It's... Uh, it's always a pleasure. I, I love these conversations and I'm so happy that other people get to listen on them and I get to hog them all to myself. Fantastic. Grant, anytime. Thanks again. Can't wait for the next one. All righty. Uh, all that remains is to thank everybody there for listening. Um, do follow Ben and Rusty. You'll find them at, at Epsilon Theory uh, on Twitter and EpsilonTheory.com. Ben, what's Rusty's Twitter handle? Is it WR Gin, I think, off the top of my it, head. It's, it's W-R-Gwen, G-U-I-N-N, uh, but Rusty's off of social media. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's given it up for a couple of months, and he's never been happier. Oh. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> listen, I, I pray that you don't catch that, because no, it, no, it, no, would no, be, no. it would be an awful place without you. I'll stick around. Uh, thank you, my friend. I'll, we'll do this again soon. Very good. Thanks, Grant. Take care. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.